It's always a privilege to be here. Um, I'm very grateful to get an opportunity to speak today. Uh, to those of you at, who are at home, thank you for inviting me once again into your home, even if you didn't know it was going to happen today. It's good to be with you. Um, I want to take a moment before we get into the sermon for today to just press the pause button. So um, these last few weeks have been rough, eh? Hey? It's been tough. And um, we're in the middle of a global pandemic where stress levels are higher than normal, relationships are taking more of a strain than normal. Um, I don't know about you, but we are tired of being resilient all the time, tired of having to be agile and flexible and all those things. Um, every plan that we've tried to make in the last 18 months has possibly changed more than once. And who likes change even to start with it, you know? And so on the back of 18 months of all of that stuff, then we face the trauma that we faced a few weeks ago. It's a lot. And it's okay to acknowledge that it's a lot. I'm not sure where you find yourself today. Also, we face a trauma with COVID constraints. So often the way that we would process a trauma, we would gather together, we would get together, and we haven't been able to do that. So that's where we find ourselves. Many of us are sitting here with questions that we don't know how to ask and feelings that we don't know how to name. And I just want us to take a moment and to acknowledge that that's okay. Wherever you find yourself, that's okay. Because then we put a topic like, how do you transform a country on the table? I'm not sure how you responded to that in the last few weeks. I've spoken to a lot of people this week. Some people were like, yes, just tell me. All I want to do is help and get involved and just tell me what to do. And other people, on the other hand, have said, really? You want to talk about this now? I've got so much anger and confusion inside of me. I don't even know if our country's worth transforming. And you want to speak about this now? Bad timing, guys. I don't know where you sit today. But wherever you sit, it's okay. And wherever you sit, God sits with you. Let's just remind ourselves of that. God is with you. He wants to walk with you at this time, regardless of how you're feeling. He wants to lead you and guide you. He wants to carry you through this time. And so today, I, I want to encourage us all, I want to urge you, actually, to let God speak to you. Even if your heart is full of other stuff, try and make a little bit of space today to hear what God has to say to you. Let's pray. God, thank you that you're a God who is always with us. As we just sang a few moments ago, that you are enough. Thank you that you understand us. You understand us in all our complexities, even when we don't understand ourselves. And that you are with us, that you will never leave us. Thank you that we can lean on you in this time, that you are a rock. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are continuing with this series, How to Transform a Country. And where that landed us in our preparation is in the Lord's Prayer. So we're going to carry on with that today. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. This then is how you should pray, Jesus says to his disciples. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I've mentioned a few times that when I was 18, I spent a year in Brazil as an exchange student. And I lived in a really small town. If, if it was in South Africa, it would have been a little dorpy. Um, really small town inland of Rio. And I love lots of things about Brazil and about this little town in, in particular. But one of my favorite things was pão. If you've ever been to Mozambique, you might know what I'm speaking about. Pão, Portuguese rolls, what you see on the screen right now. So we would go every single morning and collect fresh bread. That's what we would eat for breakfast. I cannot describe to you the utter deliciousness of this stuff. It is so delicious. It's like just the right kind of crispy on the outside, like perfect, you know? And then perfectly light and soft on the inside. Oof, you don't even need butter. We would collect them warm, although butter is not a bad thing to add to most things. Um, and so that was it. Pão and coffee, Brazilian breakfast for a year, was my best. So I'm sure you can guess what part of the Lord's Prayer we're going to lean into today. Give us today our daily bread. And what we're going to do is just take some of those words and lean into them and see what God has to say to us in each of those words. We're going to start with the word give. Give us today our daily bread. The sentence sounds a bit like a demand, hey? Give us today. I don't know whether it's just because I'm a parent of small children. I just want to add please in there. You know, can we just, can we just say please? Please give us. But give us today our daily bread. This is how Jesus says we need to pray. It's not a demand. It's a request. We're making this request of our Father, so our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then we come to our Father and we say, give us today our daily bread. So it's really important to acknowledge and identify who we are asking. Because who we are asking and who we are praying to determines how we pray. You know, if you come, if you, would, you would ask different people in very different ways. Coming to our Father allows us to believe in a whole different way what we pray. So let's firstly state that God, our Father, is a giver of good things. James 1, 17, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from our Father. He is a good Father and He gives good gifts. Jesus actually speaks about this a little bit later, saying, like, what, what dad would give bad gifts to their child? He gives some examples. I can imagine his audience laughing because it's hilarious, you know, like if your child says, can I have a tuna sandwich? It's like, are you going to give him a snake? No, of course you wouldn't. What dad would do that? Matthew 7, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him. And again, there you see this permission to ask. Our Father is not just a giver of good gifts, but he is also our provider across the board. Philippians 4 says, My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. My God will supply all your needs so as you pray this part of the prayer, give us our daily bread, you can picture yourself standing before God, our Father, who is a good Father. We can know that He can supply 
all of our needs, and we can bring that request to him. He's invited us to bring it. We can humbly ask, will you supply for me? Father, will you supply for me? We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. We can't just take it, but we can ask. And Jesus invites us to ask. He says we should ask. And so let's acknowledge before we get to what we're going to ask, who we are asking. We're asking a good, good father. Let's pray this way. Let's live this way. Do we believe that God can give us what we need? I don't know who needs to hear this today, but God is a good father, and he will provide for you. And he's inviting you to ask him. Give. The second word we're going to look at is today. Give us today, or the other part of that, our daily bread. Remember, the scarcity of food at the time of Jesus, there weren't massive shopping centers that you could just go in and, and grab some stuff off the shelves. And there wasn't a way to store food. So no fridges or, or freezers or deep freezers or whatever you have at home. So a big part of the day's work was to find food. That was a big part of what you had to do in the day. Also, people were paid daily. And so it was a case of today's wage buys tomorrow's food. That's, that's how, how it worked. And so being sick for a few days would have meant financial tragedy. Food was not something that was taken for granted. Many can identify with this today. But many also struggle to identify with that. If you've got a cupboard at home with stuff in it, or if you've got a freezer or a fridge, it's, it's hard to understand how important daily provision was. Even in this last food crisis that we've just experienced a few weeks ago, for many, again, it was dire. But for many, my family included, we were okay for a bunch of days. We might have had to eat a little bit creatively and put different things together, but we weren't going to go hungry. Often physical affluence can make it easy to forget that we need God to provide daily. So give us our daily bread. What does daily mean? Does it mean tomorrow's supply? Does it mean what's necessary to exist? It's talking about one day at a time. Jesus' whole point by teaching us to pray for daily bread is he's teaching us to depend on him. He's teaching us to trust him. Asking for daily bread means that you're just asking for your needs one day at a time. One day at a time. In Exodus, we read about the Israelites that were freed from Egypt. And there is a moment that you can read about yourselves where manna comes from heaven. Essentially, these Israelites are grumbling in the desert because they're hungry. I think they were kind of hangry. If you don't know what that phrase means, they're angry because they're hungry. A lot of us experience that. I reckon the Israelites were just hangry. And so they started getting super grumpy. And, and God says to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven. That's quite a big statement. Exodus 16, in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it's the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much 
as they need. And then he goes into some very specific instructions about how much they're allowed to gather. And then we jump back in in verse 19. Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. And so Moses was angry with them. Give us daily. Give to us daily. I mean, that is a massive moment. Imagine waking up and there's just bread on the floor. Hey, you think you're going to do it your own way, you just sneak a little bit extra and that all goes off, but there's more bread tomorrow. Can we trust God daily? That same bowl that I used to eat in, in Brazil, that bread, we fetched it daily. Here's the thing, it didn't have preservatives. And so the next day, that perfectly crispy exterior was hard. It wasn't great the next day. It's meant to be eaten on the day. That's why we collected it daily. And the lesson is that yesterday's bread won't meet today's needs. Everything that I get from God, I can get it fresh and new every day. He doesn't promise us grace for tomorrow. He promises us grace for today. He doesn't promise that he will meet tomorrow's needs. He promises he will meet our daily needs. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions or his mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God knows what we need before we even ask it. And yet Jesus invites us to ask him daily for what we need. Give us today our daily bread. We are dependent on him for everything even life itself. Jesus expands again on this little part of the prayer later on in Matthew 6. Essentially, he's saying, okay, ask daily. And then he expands by saying, firstly, don't store up. Don't store up. Remember the manna that went all stinky? Don't store up. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Carries on that topic for a little bit longer. See, when we store up stuff, they become our treasure. When we're able to ask daily, God is our treasure because he is the one who we trust. So he says, don't store up. And then he also says, don't worry. So don't store up and don't worry. Ooh, that's hard, eh? He's saying, okay, you're only allowed to focus on today, but don't worry about tomorrow. Ooh, don't know if anyone else struggles with that one. During the bombings in the Second World War, um, lots of kids were orphaned and were left to starve, essentially. And the fortunate ones were rescued and were taken to a place where they could be cared for and, and given food and provided for. But lots of these kids just couldn't sleep at night. They just, they couldn't sleep. They had been through so much and were so fearful that they just couldn't sleep. But the caretakers realized that um, one of the things that these kids were most afraid of was waking up with nothing to eat. They had experienced such severe hunger that they were so petrified of not having food the next day that they couldn't actually sleep. So, so someone came up with the idea to give them a piece of bread when they went to bed. And so these children slept with bread and finally they were able to sleep because they realized holding on to this piece of bread, I ate today and I'm gonna eat tomorrow and that's enough. 
It's hard to not worry. But just like for these kids, daily security is actually what we need. To hold on to Jesus like those kids hold on to that bread. And Jesus says, ask daily. Don't store up. And don't worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, but yet your heavenly Father, our Father, feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And he gives a few more examples here, and then he ends by saying, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So Jesus tells us to ask daily. Don't store up. Don't worry. What is he saying to us? He's saying, trust me. He's saying, trust me every day. I don't know who needs to hear this today. But you can trust God. You can trust God. He is faithful. He sees you. He's got you. You can trust our Heavenly Father. The third word I want us to look at is bread. So we're finally getting to what we're asking in this prayer. Bread obviously is quite a staple. Um, It was essential in the Jewish culture. Almost every meal would have had bread as a part of it. It's basic. It's not extravagant, not over the top. It's the simple, basic stuff that you need for today, the stuff that you need. Jesus, please give me what I need. That's what we're asking here. And Jesus is saying, ask me. What do you need? Ask me. Nothing is too big, nothing's too small to bring to God. What do you need? Everything that I have comes from God. Everything that I need will come from God. And so we can ask Him for our daily bread. But there's more than just those physical needs. So if we look into bread, when Jesus is tempted in the desert, The devil challenges him to turn stones into bread. Do you remember this? And Jesus responded by saying, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What do you need? Later on in John, Jesus calls himself the bread of life. What do you need? That bread that came down from heaven, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. So yes, we have physical needs that we can ask him for daily. But give me what I need today. Give me your words for today because I can't live on bread alone. There's more important stuff. Give me your presence. Give me your promises. I need you today and every day. I need you I don't know, again, who needs to hear this today. But Jesus invites you to ask him for what you need. No guilt? Ask him. What do you need? I really believe that we all need to hear all of this at this stage, that God is a faithful 
trustworthy God who will provide us with what we need. And he invites us to ask him. What a, what a blessing to us. He invites us to ask him. Remember, I told you what we're speaking about actually is how do we transform a country? <laughs> I haven't really said anything about that, have I? How do we transform a country? I want to look at two other small words that are in that sentence of the prayer. And they are the words us and our. Give us today our daily bread. This prayer is a corporate prayer that Jesus teaches to his disciples. Jesus said, our father, not my father. He said, give us our daily bread. This Lord's prayer is a community prayer that's taught into a collective society. It's not just about me as an individual. What does this mean? It means that God is a good father, but I'm not his only child. I'm not his only child. Everything that we've spoken about up till this point, that God is good, he's faithful, he's trustworthy, he will provide for me, 100% true. It's true for me, but it's not only true for me. He is our father. You know, the fact that this prayer is a corporate prayer, to be honest, is blowing my mind a little bit over the last weeks. So maybe it's just been in my context, but I feel often we pray the Lord's prayer as an individual. I pray it for me. Even though I might use the word our, I'm often praying it for me, especially this part. Give us today our daily bread. I'm, I'm praying for me. It can be interpreted very individualistically. And yet it's meant to be interpreted collectively. How does it change with a community mindset? Simply put, everything that's true for me is true for us. Everything that's true for me is true for others as well. He's showing us another way. What do others need and what do I need? Both and, both and. And I believe that we can start to transform a country when we start to live in this space. That me changes to we. We've recently tasted that space. Um, it, it was one of the beauties that came from the tragedy that we recently faced. One of my friends uh, posted on Facebook this beautiful thing. I'm going to read a little bit of it now. He said, when I shop, I don't shop with just me in mind. My limited amount of 20 items so that, no, so that the strangers behind me can also have is carefully considered as I phone others to see if they need. We've swapped and dropped meals and medicines so others may live. I've been offered and in, in return have offered what we can. Even as my stomach turns wondering, will we have enough? We traded me for we. We saw it just a few weeks ago. Give us our daily bread. We saw people coming together and stepping over the boundary lines of their own properties and joining together to protect the community. We traded that me for we, give us our daily bread. We saw people gathering together to clean up spaces that they might never even go to. Trading the me for we. My friend carried on in this post saying, we don't like what has happened but we like what is happening. God is up to something. Could he be? Could he be up to something? 
or will we just go back to normal? For my sincere request is please, 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 can we not just go back to normal? This is an opportunity for us to step into the way of Jesus. This is an opportunity for us to step into the way of the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God, the way of Jesus is about us. It's not about me. The way of Jesus is looking not to our own interests but also to the interests of others. Give us today our daily bread. The way of Jesus is no one seeking his own good but the good of his neighbor. Give us our daily bread. The way of Jesus is not repaying evil for evil but always seeking to do good to everyone, give us our daily bread. The way of Jesus is loving your neighbor as yourself. The way of Jesus is laying down your life for a friend. The way of Jesus is loving your enemies. Give us our daily bread. Jesus is showing us a different way. Are we going to step into that way? The kingdom of God is about abundance, it's not about scarcity. Life isn't this finite pie that we chop into, into pieces and if someone takes a piece that's bigger than their allotment, oh, we're all going to be in trouble. No, we don't have to obsess about lack. We don't have to fear lack. Our God is a God of abundance. So if we contrast our recent sharing experience with the toilet paper run of 2020, hey? Where in America, toilet paper sales shot up by 845% over two days and there was none left. <laughs> Ironically, there was never a lack. And there actually was never an increase in need either. But people feared that they wouldn't have enough. People got freaked out, panic buying. It's the fear of lack, it's that scarcity mindset. When we say give us our daily bread, do we believe that there is enough for all of us? Or do we believe that we, we need God? our stuff, my stuff. Can I tell you that everything about our God is exponentially more than enough. We don't have to fear. We don't have to strive. We don't have to store up. We can pray, give us our daily bread. And to pray that with a community mindset and to live with that same community mindset. It's, it's nothing new. This is one of the greatest commands. Love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. God is up to something. God is up to something. Will we step into that something? A positive of the last few weeks is that it caused us even momentarily to look outside of ourselves to step outside of me. It, it caused me to go beyond my walls, to gather together and to rally together and to focus on commonalities rather than differences. It's expanded our definition of us. And it caused us to show up for the community. Let's take it a step further. What about showing up even when it's not me that benefits? Hey, how different would our world be if us as Christians showed up even when I'm not the recipient. You know, to ask questions where the answers won't directly benefit me, but to ask the questions. To protect when it's not protecting just me and mine. To complain about stuff that won't benefit me. To invest when it won't benefit me. 
to be there for us, not only when it benefits me, but because I want to step into the way of Jesus that considers others more highly than myself. Let's expand our definition of us even further. Let's extend our family even further. Here's a random thought. Is there ever a way to have us without having a them? I'm going to end today with a story. It's a bit of a random story, but stick with me. I have a very clear memory of when I was quite little, being at this church event somewhere at, at somebody's home, and we were playing the chocolate game. Not sure if you know what the chocolate game is. <clears throat> it's a great one. You should always play it. Um, a slab of chocolate in the middle of a circle with a knife and fork and like some items of clothing, like a hat or some gloves. And anyways, you're sitting in a circle and you, you each get a turn to roll a dice. And um, if you throw six, you can go into the middle of the circle. You've got to put on those items of clothing as quickly as you can and then try and eat the chocolate with the knife and fork. Well, all the while, the, the dice is still going around and someone else might throw a six. But you've got that chocolate until someone else throws a six. Really fun. I'll play it with anyone who wants to, just saying. Um, and anyway, the game carries on until the chocolate's finished. And I remember being there. I was a little bit younger than most of the other kids, and um, I hadn't had any chocolate. I don't know whether I hadn't thrown a six or I just was a bit slow in the middle. Anyway, and this chocolate was getting less and less and less until there were only two pieces left in the middle of the circle. And um, I reached out and grabbed those two pieces and put them in my mouth and ate them. Needless to say, I completely ruined the game. There was anger, there was whatever. I felt so guilty by the end of it. I was crying. I remember this clearly. So it was obviously quite traumatic. <laughs> it's such a random memory, but such a vivid memory. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Was I scared that I wasn't going to get any? It's not like I had never had chocolate before. Was I just not thinking, very possibly? Was I just selfish? I don't know, probably all three, to be perfectly honest, all three at the same time. The point I want to make is that I think that we could enter into those three spaces, perhaps even all at the same time. And each of them would prevent us from living out this part of the Lord's Prayer with a community mindset. I'm not going to try and tell you anything for you, but I know that I've found myself in each of those spaces. The fear of lack just not thinking about it because I don't want to sometimes or maybe because it's just too hard or probably most often just acting selfishly and I can do better I can do better so how do we transform a country well I don't know is actually the truthful answer I don't know but I can do better in relation to other people and maybe you can too Maybe for you it's allowing trust to trump fear. Maybe it's changing the way that you pray for other people. Maybe it's starting praying for other people. Maybe it's starting to think about the daily needs of just a few extra people outside of your current circle. Maybe it's showing up for things that won't benefit you. Maybe it's loving a bit more like Jesus. I don't know what it is for you. But how can we transform a country? I don't know completely, but we can start by thinking about us instead of me.
My prayer is that we will lean in to the way of Jesus. Especially in the season that all of us would lean in to living out the way of Jesus. May we pray this prayer with and for our country. May we live out this prayer with and for our country. Give us today our daily bread. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who is bigger, who is enough, who is faithful and trustworthy, that you're our Father and you love us. Thank you that you're a, a God that values us and community and togetherness. And God, I pray that you would equip us, direct each of us in our own capacities and our own spaces to lean into the way of Jesus, that we would honor and value others more highly than ourselves. We would humble ourselves. You set the perfect example, Jesus. May we follow your ways. Guide us this week, we pray. I want to invite you to pray with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And God bless. May this week be a week where we trade me for we. And all the women out there have a wonderful Women's Day tomorrow. See you next week.